0: Let's imagine for a minute that you're a drill press operator. Maybe it's 1950, right? Uh, War's over, right? We're good. Everything's kind of settled down. Uh, Parts of Europe still kind of getting on their feet. That's fine. Uh, But the the starving's over. Um, Maybe Sue Canal hasn't happened. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, you're a drill press operator, which means you are an expert drill press operator. You know exactly how to press and pull the lever to make a hole in a thing, probably a piece of metal, right? Uh, Maybe it's time to make cars. Maybe it's time to make planes or dishwashers or whatever, and you're gonna press the metal. You're gonna press press the drill. That's not even a term, but you know what I'm saying. You are an experienced drill press operator. You get hired by a company and they say, great, you stand here. This is your drill press. Material comes from this direction. You line it up, you pull the lever, you drill the thing, you pass it over there. You will meet spec and you will meet quotas. Got it? Good. Done, and they walk away. Imagine that. I, 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 inconceivable. Aside from maybe, 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 you might be experienced enough to say, hey, um, this drill press is not operating at spec, or there might, the engine needs to be cleaned, or there's something wrong with the gears, or something. Aside from that, can you imagine being that drill press operator in 1950 and then saying, I don't think this is going to work? Huh? What are you talking about? You were hired to do a job. You will do the job and you will do it probably until you retire or you die. Cool? Yeah, that sounds so crazy. It borders on science fiction at this point. Look around. If anybody hired you and said you're going to do this and you're going to meet spec and you're going to meet your quota and get the heck out, you would go, what the hell did I get a college degree for? What the hell did I learn a skill for? What the hell is going on? We're going to talk a lot more about that in a minute because guess what? The recruiting never stops. Welcome to The Talent Cast, the podcast dedicated to helping you get smarter at recruiting and hiring. We're going to get into the nitty gritty of employer brand and modern recruiting so that you, yes, you, can hire better talent. Isn't that what we're all trying to do? I'm your host, James Ellis, and you can find me on Twitter at The War for Talent. That's at The War for Talent. Or on the Talent Cast website. Got a question? Got a topic? Got an idea? Tweet me, I'd love to hear from you. Ready to roll up your sleeves and think big? Great. Let's get to it. Hey, how you doing? James Ellis here. Um, yeah, so housekeeping. I'm changing some format. So if you are the kind of person who likes to stay up to date on the on the, the podcast and you have signed up, you have noticed the email changed. What? We have an email? Yeah, that's right. It was stupid. It, it wasn't very good. It was basically just whatever WordPress sent automatically saying, hey, there's a new page. Uh, decided to take a little more control over it. And you know, since I'm publishing a lot more content and doing a lot more speaking events, I want to consolidate it a little bit. So if you'd like to stay on our mailing list, just go to employerbrand.consulting. Thank sign up or the talentcast.com. sign up the form's right there and we'll just you know I promise not to spam you nothing more than than once a week um, you know just keeping it simple keeping it light just want to make sure you know what's going on I want to make sure that you see my amazing videos such as they are uh, when they come out also it's a great way instead of me trying to remember where the heck it is I'm speaking next time stuff's there but I will tell you ERE in San Diego ka-ching Talent Brand Summit in Austin ka-ba-ching by the way I still have the discount code find me it Actually, you know what? Forget it. I'll tell you what it is. It's I'm with James. All lowercase, all one word. I'm with James. 200 bucks. Bam. Off your bill. Uh, Sherm Talent. I'm going to be in Nashville for that. That's also in April. Uh, And, you know, and stuff after that. So just, you know, if you want to know where I am. Anyway, so that, that drill press operator, can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? That you're just told what to do and you're expected to do it? I want you to now think about... Your own team or your own department. Let's stick to recruiting. Let's keep it simple. And word comes from the CHRO that there is a new policy. You're going to institute a new background check, or there is a new, there's a change in your vesting structure for comp and benefits. What do you do? Do you go, sir, yes, sir, ma'am, sir, ma'am, and just do it? No, of course not. You complain, you whine. You moan. You drag your heels. You say, I don't want to do this. Right? This is a bad idea. This isn't going to work. This is going to make my life as a recruiter harder. Everything's tougher. This sucks. And, 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 and. And that tends to roll downhill and get its own momentum. And then, you know, yeah, the rest of the recruiters will whine with you and complain with you and you just have to do it. And at some point, the recruiting leader just has to turn around and say, suck it up and do it. Ugh. Isn't that expected now? The whining and complaining? The expectation that we as employees have something to say. Go look at sales teams. When the sales manager says, hey, we changed the way our benefit structure and your quota structure or your, your targets and rewarding system, everybody will complain. No one goes, you got it, because they don't have to. This is what we've been talking about for a bit now. You're a volunteer, You're at your, as an employee, you're a volunteer. You can go almost anywhere and get a new job very, very quickly if you have any skills whatsoever and know how to interview and, and, and write a resume decently. The labor market is super tight. It is very easy for you to find a job. Consequently, it's very easy for you to walk. If you're like, I don't like the way this is working, you can just walk away. And the power dynamic between company and employee has, without question, shifted. The fact that the company has a job and a paycheck and then fairly regular benefits, it does not constitute enough of a mandate to say you will follow instructions to the letter or you won't walk away or you'll get fired. That's the way it used to be, though. And you could still see some of that in how we do things, right? The expectation that you follow orders, the expectation that, that okay, sure, there's complaining, but you're end up, even if you complain about that new comp and benefit structure, you're still going to end up having to live with it. It's not like you have power over this process. What if you had something more complicated? What if it was a situation in which your company said, we're going to build a team to figure out what the new ATS is? I know. Some of you salivated a little bit. Some of you gasped in fear a little bit. Both responses are appropriate. This is a huge project. This is a huge endeavor. Invariably, you will get this wrong because there's no such thing as an amazing ATS. They all have huge downsides no matter what they are. Every single one, even really ones I kind of like, which I will not name, they still have huge downsides because they're massive uh, enterprise-wide software systems, and that's just endemic to how they work. But you have to pick one. In fact, you're building a team or a team is being built to pick one and you're on it. Now, let's say there's five people on this team. There's two recruiters. There's two people. All right, let's, 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 I'm doing the math because I'm, I'm, I'm not really counting people. There's two recruiters because they have to use it. There's two people from HRIS or HROps or whoever you structure that because they're the ones who have to implement it and manage it. Maybe you have one or two hiring managers who have raised their hand to say, I'm interested in knowing how this process works and helping the company make a smart selection. And then, of course, you have to have some sort of executive leadership buy-in. So there's someone, maybe uh, the CHRO's uh, proxy or maybe the director of talent acquisition or maybe your lead technical recruiter. I don't know, somebody, but somebody with a, a, a leadership perspective kind of thing right? Maybe you've even asked someone from the development side to step in and, and, and advise because you might not feel like you have enough de- uh, technical skills to vet and push and ask good questions. Maybe HRS feels like, you know what, we're good at implementing, but we don't know how to code. So we don't know if we build this ATS and we integrate it within your career site, what are the ins and outs of that process? Honestly, most a- HRS systems, they would just go, we're going to slap it in an iframe and that's done, right? Which of course is a horrible idea. But this is not about HRIS. This is about the team of I'm I'm doing math like six or seven people in this room who are going to pick an HR an ATS now. You're going to go through your process. You're going to go write down the list of every ATS you could ever think of, and you're going to call them, and you're going to get a sales pitch, and you're going to do maybe an RFP kind of thing where you go, here are the criteria, and you make a little grid, and you're going to score them at 1 to 5 or an A through F or whatever, and you're going to run through these things. You're saying, wow, I really like the interface, but the back end sucks, or it's really cool looking, but it's impossible to change over time, or how to integrate in the system or whatever. You're going to evaluate stuff, but look around the room because this isn't about the ATS. This is about the room. Think in that room. Can you guarantee that everybody on this project is excited to change the ATS? Put it a different way. Let's say you boil it down to two very different solutions. One is an old school bulletproof ATS. You know, you could pretty much launch a nuke next to this thing and it would live. Somehow it's like cockroaches in this ATS. That's all that's going to be left. Maybe Keith Richards will be okay. That's all that's going to be left because this thing is written 1983 code. (laughs) It's probably in COBOL or FORTRAN. This is a system that is bulletproof. It will never fail because it's simple and has been coded to be simple and straightforward and safe forever your other alternative is a super cool sleek sexy model but it's new and you don't know how well tested it's been and you can see how it could be amazing but you can also maybe see if you squint real hard that maybe you could fail real bad go around the room you've split the room some people want safe some people want sexy now how do you make a decision now maybe you say what we're gonna do Is we're just going to advise and then the chro makes the call or the ceo makes the call or whoever's spending the cut the check makes the call and that's fine but really maybe the expectation is that it's sitting on you this room to decide and to justify and an argument ensues who's right who wins out now let's say you pick the sexy one the cool one the new one you know someone in that room who was vying for the safe option acquiesced to moving forward but you know their heart isn't in it you know they are just doing this because what are they gonna do but when push comes to shove on implementation on training on advocacy on getting people excited and cheerleading this new system they will be nowhere to be found they will be someplace else digging their heels in, telling everybody this was a poor choice, this was a bad idea. I told them, and every time something goes wrong, big or small, they'll be the one, the first ones to step up and say, I told you so. This should not be new information. In fact, I bet everybody who's listened has gone through some variation of this process. I remember a long, long time ago, back before I was in the recruiting space, I was helping do digital marketing for a software company who implemented inventory systems for very large industrial companies, and one of the systems they would run would be a point-of-sale system, an inventory system, an account system, and all that stuff, and it would take a week to implement. It was a massive, massive piece of software, and invariably... No matter how much you sold this package, no matter how excited the owner was, no matter how well we've trained everybody, it was change, and change made some people uncomfortable. I remember very clearly being in Los Angeles in this company, and we're doing the war room, and we're doing our first big implementation, and every time something would not work the way this one point-of-sale system guy uh, System guy would would want things to happen. He would start whining and complaining and dragging his heels. Man, I told you this. I can't believe we're spending one hundred and fifty thousand dollars on this software. I can't believe this. This stuff sucks. This is stupid. Chitter chatter chitter chatter chitter chatter chitter chatter, chatter, and you could see it as it would start to infect other people, and that's bad because the guy was right. We they, that company dropped six. Big figures and this was a long time ago this was 20 years ago so that's real money um to run this new system that was going to completely reinvent how they did all of their material handling and all their sales and all their everything was going to really bring them to the 21st century quite literally because this was 1999 um and the ceo very publicly said this is your last call if you don't buy into this get the hell out of this room and do not come back because this is the direction we are going and if you can't learn to live with it and you can't find a way to make it work, I don't want you around. This You have no chance at changing and turning this boat around. You either get with the program or you get out. And Very quickly the guy changed his tune and everything was fine. Why in the world am I bringing all this up? Because we live in a world where you're always recruiting. Hold on. I did not just hit my head and shift gears here. Think about it. Think about that CEO telling his team, you either get with this program or you get out. Was he or—and I'm sorry, it was a he specifically, so not to be gender specific, but was he or was he not recruiting everyone to his cause? Now, he was doing a little carrot and stick approach, more a lot more stick than carrot, but the, the case was there. Join in or don't join in. This is your chance. Come on in and learn this system and learn the new way of doing things, or don't, and get out. What if you spent more time in that ATS room not just trying to browbeat or cajole or to persuade that person dragging their feet that, look, this is the better solution and you know why, but instead get their commitment to say, look, even if this isn't the answer you wanted, you are not going to be the person who drags their heels. You are not going to be the person who says, I told you so. You are not going to be the person finding ways to throw tacks under the rest of our feet because it wasn't the decision you liked. What if we spent time recruiting more people to join the decision, the cause, the direction, the program, the campaign? Isn't that a lot more what life at work should be and is becoming? As recruiters, we think all we have to do, and I say we, I join myself into your club a little bit occasionally, and here we are, um, that our job is to bring people in the door, and after that's the hire manager's job. But really, when a company gets serious about its talent, it knows the recruiting never stops. There are companies, a handful of companies, and I think their number is growing, in which you get hired within the company, but what you're really doing after that is joining projects and you treat each project like its own little company. So for example, we're gonna, you know, hey this company's, we're gonna start a new project, we're gonna reinvent the toothbrush. Who wants to join in? We definitely need a person who knows about modeling and knows about uh, physical modeling and CAD modeling and CAD computer-aided design. We need someone who probably knows a lot about cool-ass materials because maybe it turns out that if we make the handle a certain way, it allows certain kinds of torque on a toothbrush, and I don't know. Maybe someone who knows about brushes. Hey, let's get someone who knows how to talk to dentists and can speak dental expertise or whatever. We also need someone who knows how to talk to people or think through psychology. Why do people brush their teeth? Why do they not choose to brush their teeth? If they choose to not brush their teeth, why don't they? What's the um, obstacle? How do we get people to brush more, brush longer, use more toothpaste, use less toothpaste? You, You build a project and you go pick and choose the people who would be helpful. More to the point, what you're really doing is you're recruiting people. Do you want to join this project where we do nothing but look at mouths all day? Now myself, I'm good, thanks. That's right. Staring into people's mouths is right up there with, hey, who wants to watch a, a, a zit being popped in a video? No, I'm good. Thank you. I don't want that. I want lots of other things, but that's not one. It would be very hard to recruit me to that project, even if I would be really good at it. And there are a lot of companies who are thinking that way. Uh, uh, I know of a company that, um, and I can't name names, but they're building an internal kind of Facebooky, LinkedIn kind of system where people say, here are the skills I have. And so when you're starting a project, you can say, who knows about design? And you can ping them and say, you're well-rated in design and people seem to like working with you and your team player and blah, 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 blah. And there's some ratings and some reviews. Would you like to join my project? And you can actually recruit them to your project. That sounds like sci- science fiction, right? It sounds like far in the future, but it's literally now. And if we stopped and thought about it, if we realized that everybody who works in our company is a volunteer effectively, they can walk away at any point in time if they don't join in the Y, we would realize the power of perpetual recruiting. The recruiting never stops. So far so good? Fantastic. But if you can't get enough of this stuff, I have some news. You can bring the James Ellis experience to your event or company. Just go to jamesellis.us and learn about all the kinds of custom presentations I can build and deliver for you or your team. But if it's time to get some hands-on help with your employer branding, recruiting, and hiring, either from the ground up or some strategic support, I would love to help. Just reach out to Proactive Talent or ProactiveTalent.com. That's where I work, and we can help you hire better. Cool? Cool. All right, let's get back to it. Look at the data about employee engagement and how many people show up every single day to do the least amount possible. They have not been recruited in a very long time. They do not know why they show up to the the job except to not get fired because they like the paycheck and they like being able to pay their bills and they like having some benefits, but really, they don't know why else they do the work they do. They don't see the value in it. They don't see the joy in it. They don't see the impact of it. Whatever it is, they stopped caring and you stopped caring about the fact that they don't care. You stopped recruiting them. We're entering a world very clearly in which the recruiting never stops. And I bring this up to you recruiters because it turns out the skills involved in recruiting people to join a company probably going to be very similar to the skills involved in getting people to perpetually join the company, to join the cause, to join the project, to join the campaign, to play a part, to play a role, to add their value in it, to not be the jerk who drags their heels or sabotages from within. The people who are bought in emotionally and have the intellect and power and value to add value to this project. The people you want. Turns out the skills you have in bringing people in are the skills the business is going to need more and more and more often. If the numbers on employee engagement are to be believed, and I'll go along with them, every other person you hire eventually becomes uninterested in doing work. How does that feel? You spend all that time talking to them, convincing them, educating them, persuading them answering their questions, helping them understand. They show up and something happens at some point and they go, whatever. How's that feel? Because that's on you. That's on you. Yeah, it's also on the hiring manager. Don't worry, I'm not letting them off the hook. But it's, all, but it's definitely on you. When a system like ours in this recruitment model is, 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 is incentivized to put the butt in the seat, the system then says the second the butt touches the seat, you are done. And I'm going to tell you right now, that's not true. What if we built companies in which recruiting was perpetual? You recruited internally. You recruited externally. You built systems that said, look, you've been working here for a year. You're not being asked to join projects. Maybe you shouldn't work here anymore. It's not because we work here so therefore we get to stay or we're going to lay people off or we're, whatever. It's about, look, every day you have to join the cause, join the crusade, join the mission, join the project, join the goal, join the outcome, join the impact, whatever it is, or you leave. In which point the skill and work of a recruiter trying to attract from without is now there to attract from within. What if every time you started a new project, a recruiter was brought on board to say, okay, you hired a good chunk of these people. Who would be good for this project? Who are we missing? Okay, now that we know who we're missing, help us hire those people from the outside to do this job. Would that not rock thy socks? Would that not be an amazing way to show the value of what you do and your impact on the company? That your job isn't just to fill the top of the funnel or put butts in seats, but to say, I'm helping change the direction of the company by ensuring that the talent needed shows up at the right time as the company's making decisions, as the company's building things? Holy crap, I want that job. Don't you? We're entering the age of perpetual non-stop recruiting inside outside all around the town that's where you have to be that's the focus of the future you want to know my pitch on what the future recruiting is that's it recruiting just never stops so if you're a recruiting leader I guess the question you have to ask yourself is one why haven't you started to do this Why haven't you talked to the hiring managers? Why haven't you talked to leadership about how do you play – how does recruiting play a bigger role in staffing out projects, in staffing out teams? Not just you're an order taker where you say, okay, you need X number of salespeople and Y number of of, uh, administrators. Great, I'll be right back. And you do it, but to say, what kinds of salespeople? What kinds of admins? What other skills would be useful would be helpful? Yeah, you're doing pieces of that. But in the end, you're incentivized around butts and seats. Step one is to remove this incentivization around butts and seats, but about, look, we're going to incentivize you on how long these people stay, how well you can recruit them to the cause day in, day out. Now, <laughs> that makes your life very complicated as a recruiter. But if we're, ve- if we're honest with ourselves, the truth is recruiters are expected to manage metrics that they have no power over right for example time to fill how much of that is on the recruiter's back there's a good chunk of it that's not when the hiring manager doesn't get back to you with feedback tick 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 but that's all coming against your time to fill numbers right when it takes comp and ben an extra week to figure out what the the the, the banding should be and what the leveling should be tick 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 that's all going against your numbers so you don't have power over all these metrics so this isn't that different it's just better because you get to have more of an impact. You get to evolve the company and how they perceive, understand, use, and value talent. Spoiler, that's your expertise. That is what you excel in. That is where you're gonna start living very soon. I think maybe you get a head start and make that start happening now. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, I'm good for the week. So I guess uh, holler if you need anything. Holler if you have any questions, have any ideas, have any questions, things or subjects you want me to talk about. Maybe a challenge you'd like me to take on. I'd love to do that. Nothing physical, nothing involving slime. That's a double dare joke. Uh, But if you've got a challenge you'd like someone else's thoughts on it, hey, I'm someone else. Wouldn't that be cool? So just holler at me, Twitter, LinkedIn, all the other good places. So otherwise, I will talk to you soon. Oh, one last thing. Boom, 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 boom. If you're actually still listening, free ebook. It's a great little ebook I wrote just because I got bored and I was trying to not finish my other book. Um, just go to employerbrand.consulting slash or just go to employerbrand.consulting. There's a clicker thing with a free ebook. Just get the ebook. You'll love it. Um, getting great reviews and great feedback on it so far, so I hope you enjoy it too. Otherwise, I will talk to you next week. Have a great week and uh, bye. Well, the music means you've made it to the end of another episode of The Talent Cast.